I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Salute Nation. It's September 29, 2023, 1.25 a.m. on the East Coast, and it's currently 55 degrees out here this morning in New York. Episode 100. So an update, I've been busy, really, really busy doing an edit for an underground rapper, one of my favorites. He doesn't know, but I will eventually post it in Discord. I will eventually post it on Facebook. I will eventually post it on Instagram. Um, Until then, it's my secret. So don't tell them. Other things I've been working on is, well, practicing every other thing. You know, brochures, uh, you know, keeping the iron sharp. As well as doing my other daily stuff for clients and etc. So that's pretty much it. Working on uh, logos and edits and just everything. You know, web designing. Uh, everything, everything that a graphic designer can do. So I was, uh, I've been listening to uh, this podcast called The Angry Designer. You can watch it on YouTube if you like the visualization of the video. And then they put it onto audio into Spotify. I'm sure you can find it in Apple and other places. But I sit there listening to it, and I'm a fan of these guys. The Angry Designer. It's a noble graphic design podcast. I've been enjoying the free intel from two graphic designers who have 40 years of experience combined in the field. Um, the two guys, the two gentlemen are Massimo, Massimo Zifirno and Sean Carousel. I know I'm butchering their names, forgive me. Both combine their knowledge and charisma as they tell their stories while teaching the art of graphic design. Again, it's the angry designer. You can look them up on YouTube. Um, You can look them up on Spotify. So after you listen to me, you know, if you like to hear other podcasting, you know, you just punch it up and search for it. But I highly recommend it for those who are designers of any graphic type, whether it's just logo, whether it's just uh, commercial, personal, web designing, anything, just, you know, check them out. There's others, um, but these are the two that, or this is the one that I listen to the most as of recently. There'll be more in my queue eventually when I search them out. So another news on uh, this week, or I guess, you, yeah, this week, the writer strike. The writers and actors strike. 
the writer side of it has ended. Does anybody care? <laughs> I do. I mean, I enjoy watching TV shows and, and movies, so I care. You know, I, I do enjoy a good storytelling. So, uh, and, you know, I'm a fan of writing. So I do love, you know, screenwriters and they're underpaid, they're underutilized, and they're mistreated terrible at times, most of the time, against the Hollywood elites. Um, and I'm talking about your you know, the, the, the production agencies and et cetera, you know, Hollywood in general, you know, the, the, the devil's playground, if you will. But there's been great stories and movies and TV shows that come from the midst of the devil. Uh, just given the devil is due. <laughs> but yes, the writer strike is ended. It is ended after 143, 145 days. So as of Wednesday, the past Wednesday, um, it just already passed, September 27th, I believe it was. Yeah, that was Wednesday. Writers returned to work. However, however, the actors remain on strike um, as they began their strike on July. So sometime in July is when the writers join the picketing the, or the actors join the picketing uh, to combat with the writers. The longest writing strike, uh, 150 some Mondays, give or take, give or take two. So it's like 153 or 158. And that was like in 1998. But the writers are no longer on strike and the actors remain. So here are um, some questions I have. Besides, do you really care? Is the biggest, is, is the biggest questions, I, I, there's a couple of them, but only two that I'm going to ask. Will the writers now join the actors? Like, you know, we're here for you. As the actors did early in the writer's strike. There were a lot of actors who had, you know, who pick it with the writers before the actors came on strike in July. So will the writers return that favor? Or <laughs> will it be a, I got what I wanted, so fuck you? Right? And the other question is, how long will this actor strike will be, will last? Those are two main questions, obviously, I have with this. Um, listen, it's with when it comes to the actors, your 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 major your major production actors. You know, the the ones that the studios say, listen, hey, there's this actor that we we see perfectly for this. I'm I'm not. I don't feel bad for them. I don't feel bad for the actors. They get paid a lot of money. Um. Their paycheck to paycheck, 
you know, and then on top they get the royalties of every time the movie is bought. Um, so it's not like they're starving these major, major Hollywood actors. You know, the small time actors, you know, they, they, they struggle, right? A lot of times they get their money through the meet and greets. That's that's how they continue that function of 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 feeding their families. Or they have to do like ten thousand projects of acting, you know. But again, I mean, it's it's the field that you're in. But I don't feel bad for the big ones, the or, or the big writers, the big writers, or I mean, it's it's like the rich versus rich. It's like when you know sports they go on strikes, right? It's the players and the owners. Both of them are fucking rich as hell. And I'm sure the owners are more richer, of course. <laughs> but, you know, you're arguing. I mean, they're arguing over what the common person dreams of. So I guess, it. you know, do people really care? I mean, you shouldn't. It's not going to affect you. I mean, there's... Unless you want to watch this new movie or this or a new TV show, there's things that are on hold right now. And only reason why certain movies or or TV shows are still happening, and you can see them, is well, they're they're you know cross seas, so they're cross seas uh, agencies, and they weren't on the strike, just those in American Hollywood. <laughs> Well, um, let's cross over to the sports. You know, I want to talk about the Irish. Let's go right there. Number six, Ohio State. Yeah, this is this is preview or review. I mean, Buckeyes coming in at three and zero, one and zero on away. Versus the number nine at that time, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, 4-0, 2-0 at home. Um, I predict the Irish to win. This game already happened, happened last weekend. I just want to talk about it. Um, I want to make a correction, though, on this, on the history. Last episode, which was 99, I said 5-0. Ohio State was over Notre Dame. So 5 and 0. It was actually 2 and 5. Ohio State leading the series of course. That 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 that's not correcting. But the two wins of the Irish came before my time, way before my time. Like 1935, 1936. So that's way 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 way. I wasn't even even a twinkle. I wasn't even a thought process. I wasn't even anything. Um, but my time of 1995 and present, it's been Ohio State 5-0. and So I just want to make that correction. So the game, the last game on Saturday, it was a great game. At halftime, Irish trailed the Buckeyes 3 nothing. Yep, three nothing at halftime. Now Irish did they they missed the ex uh, the 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 field goal, so it'll have been three three. And then in the second half, the Irish responded with fourteen, took the 
14 points, took the lead. But Ohio State also scored 14, and their last touchdown to win it came in seconds before the game hit zero. The final score, Ohio State 17 and Notre Dame 14. Irish had chances to win this game, offensively and defensively. They fell to, in like two minutes, fell to just kill the clock. Stupid play calling. It reminded me of the watching the Raiders. Stupid play calling. Why would you give a team that is better than you chances to win? And then, of course, the defense failed to close it. Um, I hate that my team lost. I I, I do. I, I hate the fact that we lost. But they played with heart and lost to the better team. Ohio State is now 4-0. Irish is now 4-1. Individual, individual stats of this game. Sam Hartman, 17 for 25, 175 yards, 7 average. Um, one touchdown, zero interceptions, a 79.4 QBR, four carries, minus two yards, uh, which was a minus 0.5 average. Longest run was three yards. Rushing in this game, um, running back Aldrich Astine, 14 carries, 70 yards. He didn't look like the other previous games he played in, but Ohio State, again, is better. 22 longest run. Running back Jadarian Price led with a 7.3 average, and running back Giabron Payne uh, had the only Irish rushing touchdown this game. On to the receiving tight end Mitchell Evans, seven receptions, 75 yards. Wide receiver Jaden Greathouse led with the longest reception with 28 yards, and wide receiver Chris Tyree. Led with the led with the twenty five point zero average, and wide receiver Rico Flores Jr. had the only Irish receiving touchdown. As far as kicking, um, Spencer Schrader zero for one on field goals, two per, two and two for extra points, so two points total for him. And punting, Bryce McPherson had two punts, ninety two yards, forty six point zero average. Zero touchbacks and zero inside the 20. Longest punt was 46 yards. Defense. Linebacker J.D. Bertardo are betrayed. <laughs> and then defensive lineman Javante John Baptiste had eight total tackles. Combined, or each had eight total tackles. Four Irish players had four solo tackles each. Defensive lineman Jordan Batalo had the only Irish sack, which is the only sack of the game, or in that game. And betrayed Bertrand. Yeah, Bertrand. Okay, Bertrand. And Botello led one tackle for a loss each. Safety. DJ Brown and cornerback Benjamin Morrison led with two pass defended each. Team stats. Categories will be the first downs, third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency, total yards, passing, 
which is, you know, will include the completions to attempts, yards per pass, and interception thrown, rushing, which will include the carries and yards per rush, penalties, turnovers, and time of possession. So starting with the Buckeyes, they had 19 first downs, 10 for 17 in third down efficiency, 1 for 3 with fourth down efficiency, 366 total yards, 240 passing, 21 for 38, 6.3 yards per pass, and zero interceptions thrown. Rushing, 126 total yards rushing, 27 carries, 4.7 yards per rush. They were penalized 5 for 35 yards. And zero turnovers, time of possession, 25 minutes and one second. Over for the Irish, 22 first downs, 5 for 10 on third down efficiency, 0 for 2 on fourth down efficiency, 351 total yards, 175 passing yards, 17 for 25, 7.0 yards per pass, and zero interceptions thrown. They had 176 total rushing yards, 39 carries, 4.5 yards per rush. They were penalized four uh, four times for 50 yards, zero turnovers, and their time of possession was 34 minutes and 59 seconds. Next game is tomorrow, September 30th, at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Start Time. The now 11th rank Irish 4-1 travel to Durham, North Carolina to face the 17th rank 4-0 Duke Blue Devils. Um, this history started in 1958. Last time they played each other was in 2020. So seven games played. Irish led Irish lead this all-time record at 5-2 last meeting in 2020. Irish won that game 27 27-13 in South Bend, Irish is on a two-game win streak against the Blue Devils. Irish is one and one away this series or this season, and Blue Devils are coming in at three and zero at home. Um, the matchup predictor has Irish winning this at a sixty-nine point five percent. My prediction of this game: I got the Irish winning. I got the Irish bouncing back. They should beat North Carolina. They are better on paper. Um, granted, in sports, paper doesn't win titles, but sometimes it does, or the game in general. So I'm going with Irish in this. So now that uh, brings my attention to something else, still in sports, the Chicago Blackhawks. First preseason. The first preseason game happened yesterday. Now five remain of this preseason schedule. Blackhawks won two to one in overtime against the rival St. Louis Brews. Um, rookie number one draft pick overall, uh, center Connor Bedard had two assists and five shots on goal. Um, he won ten faceoffs, lost six faceoffs tonight or yesterday, 
21 minutes and 20 seconds of time on ice. Next game is tomorrow, 30th, against the Wild in Minnesota. Attention to the NBA side of it all. Biggest news right now is the Milwaukee Bucks added Damian. Damian Lillard. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of this at all. I mean, A, the Bucks are in my division as a Bulls fan. And, um, yeah, I mean, Bucks were already a solid fucking team, and now you add Lillard. It just—it's not even fair, you know. The and in the NBA, they allow it. They allow these super teams to be created. And it, I, listen, I'm not going to bitch about it. Whatever is whatever. I wish my owner just gets off his fucking ass or the GM and does something about it. But you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, so I mean, this definitely puts the Milwaukee Bucks definitely an Eastern Conference, you know, favorite. I don't see another team out there, maybe Miami Heat, but I don't think any of them are stronger than Milwaukee Bucks. They should cakewalk in the division, they should cakewalk in the conference, and who knows, we might see a Milwaukee Bucks versus the Denver Nuggets in, I don't know in the NBA Finals. I don't know. That's too far away. Staying with the NBA, the Bulls. Their five-game preseason schedule begins the following Sunday, so October 8th, against the Bucks in Milwaukee. So now we, let's talk about the Yankees. Talk about the Yankees real quick. They're officially out of the playoffs. As of Monday or Tuesday, the 25th or 26th. So since last show on Friday, I predicted the Yankees to win to win a three-game set against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which I was right, as the Yankees took two out of three. Then their next series, a three-game set, September 26th through the 28th, which that series just ended. Yankees won that set 2-1 to one against the Blue Jays. So three games are now left in the regular season. And it's a three-game set in Kansas City, September 29th through October 1st. Both teams are out of the postseason. Um, and Yankees coming in at 81-78. and 78. Royals 54-105. This is the second series between these two franchises of 2023. The last was a three-game set in the Bronx, July 21st through the 23rd. Yankees swept that set. Predictions for the final three-game set. I got the Yankees to win. I'm not saying a sweep, but I, I, I just I predict the Yankees to win. Great news. I mean, <laughs> that the Yankee season is over is definitely great news. Um, it, it, it just, yeah. I mean, there were some bright spots of this, but it's, you know, I won't go over them in this episode. But great news, the streak is still alive in one standings. 
Um, and for the Yankees, their greatest or their guarantee not to finish last in the American League East. Last time they finished last was it in 1990. So that streak continues. 1990, not I mean last time they finished last place in American League East was it in 1990, and that streak continues because they're not finishing fast. It's guarantee or last. That's a guarantee now. Um, Boston Celtics own or Boston Red Sox own that, which is. Fucking fabulous! Hey, we've had, we suck, but Red Sox suck. Love it. Fuck you, Red Sox, pussy ass motherfuckers. So that means that the one standing stat is still alive, and all they have to do is win one of these three, and that is the one where they haven't finished below 500 since 1992. Now, if they lose all three of these games, that's 500. So I guess technically that still remains because that's not below 500. So technically that still remains because you're at 500. I don't see us losing all three games. (laughs) But it is the Yankees of 2023, and anything's possible as far as that losing group goes. But all they got to do is win one to for sure that streak of having no season below 500 since 1992. So this one I'm going to do. I know you guys are going to like this one. Raider fans, I'm going to go get some water, go to the bathroom, take a little break. Not too much long of a break. Just enough to go to the bathroom and get something to drink. And I'll come back and it will be nothing but Raiders. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. The slogans. Just win, baby. Commitment to excellence. The biggest question actually is not a biggest question. It's a statement. We do not, as Raiders, well, the the Raider franchise, have not lived up to that slogan. It's just words now. We as fans utter it in hopes and of 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 great memories of the past, and and that's when the glory times was, or were for the Raiders. That's the only time since two thousand and three. I don't know how many times I gotta fucking say this. Two winning seasons since then. And all we kept hearing was, it's Derek Carr's fault. Just Derek Carr's. All we need is a comparable quarterback. A quarterback that can lead us. A guy who has leadership. Carr's gone. Comes Jimmy G. Yeah, right? His first game. And the donkeys, he leads a fourth back quarterback, come back, and we win, right? We won on his legs. 
on his ability. Following game, we get our asses fucking kicked in Buffalo. A team that beats our asses in Buffalo. Which now sets up home field. Home opener. Against a 70s rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams coming in at 1-1. One and one. And this was a statement game. This was supposed to be a statement. Defend your fucking home. Already, the Raiders have a... a, a, a unfair advantage in Vegas because it is a tourist spot. The games are still going to make money. I mean, Mark is making money already. Raiders are already worth more than they ever been in Vegas or in LA and Oakland. Raiders are now on that list in the top 10 of franchises in football that's worth more now. So business-wise, this was a great move. But when it comes to that mystique, that aura, that home field advantage, dead, gone. Now, what changes that, or what could change that, possibly change? Obviously, lowering the liquor, uh, liquor price, lowering the ticket prices, and winning. We had a chance to make that statement. First game at home, coming back from getting our ass whooped. And what I wanted to see was how we responded to an ass whooping. Now, I want to paint the picture a little bit more. Raiders led this all-time series 17-14. 11-5 at home are the Raiders against the Steelers. But the Steelers do lead this series in Pittsburgh at 9-6. Raiders are on a four-game winning streak at home against the Steelers. Steelers won in the last meeting, which was last year, in Pittsburgh, 13-10, which is Derek Carr's final game as a Raider. Some of y'all may rejoice in that, and that's fine. He's gone. He's not a Raider. Move on. At halftime, Steelers led 13-7. And in the second half, Steelers added 10 in the third quarter to take a 23-7 lead. Going into the fourth quarter now. Raiders at 11, but we uh, needed 17 to win. Anyway, Steelers won in Vegas 23-18. We had chances to win, but, you know, McDumplings is an idiot. I don't care if this offends anybody or people want to say, you're not a true waiter because because you're you're picking on our coach. Fuck McDumplings and fuck you too. Hey, uh, where's this so-called leadership by the quarterback? Huh? Uh, where is he? Where is he? I'm seeing Derek Carr from last year. With this offense, and what's the what's the real excuse? People are always saying, "But, but, but you gotta give him time. You, you, you gotta give it. This is his first year back in the system. Meanwhile, nobody wanted to give that same fucking uh, a courtesy call for a car who is that was his very first time in that system. 
but no excuses then, but I guess there's excuses this year. And now all of a sudden, we don't have a defense. We never had a fucking defense. Fucking idiots. So now Steelers are now 2-1. Two and one. Raiders dropped to 1-2. Their second loss in a row. So, uh, yeah, all time, 17-15 and 15 now against the Steelers. So let's go over individual stats. Let's see how good Jimmy G is. Passing. Jimmy G. 28 for 44. Garbage. 324 yards. Big deal. 7.2 average. It's actually a little bit good. Two touchdowns. All right. All right. Good job. Three fucking interceptions. <laughs> I think he has like six interceptions now total <laughs> in just three games with like four or five touchdowns. Brilliant. Our offense is such a fucking juggernaut. Sacked four times for a loss of, it doesn't matter, 45 yards, I think it was, or, or whatever. 45.6 quarterback rating. His rating was 72.5. He also had two carries for seven yards, which was a 3.5 average. Garbage. Josh Jacobs. Hey, welcome back, Josh Jacobs. It's fine that you finally decide to run the ball. Of course, our offensive line fucking is terrible in blocking. I know a lot of some people, no excuses. He signed that $12 million deal for one year. He should be leading already. He should have doing this. I mean, Barry Sanders can do it. But yet, they're not blaming the offensive line, which is a terrible run-blocking team right now. But I, I, I guess, you know, the blame goes to Josh Jacobs because, you know, he hold up, you know. He, he did that hold out. Got a one year for 12 mil and, you know. It's all Josh Jacobs this year. It's the, the blame is going to be solely on Josh Jacobs. I can already call it. Meanwhile, our offensive line is fucking trash. Good on passing. They're, they're pretty good at pass blocking, but they're fucking terrible on run blocking. But anyways, in this game, it was much better. Somewhat. Better than it was the first two games. 17 carries, 62 yards, 3.6 average, zero touchdowns. Now we go to receiving. Devontae Adams, 13 receptions, 20 targets, 172 yards. DeAndre Carter led with 16 average. Um, Adams had the only two receiving touchdowns and the longest receiving yards at 32 yards. Kicking Carlson, one for one for field goals, longest at 26 yards, one for one in extra points, which is four points total. And punting, A.J. Coles, five punts, 262 yards, 52.4 average, one touchback, one inside the 20, and the longest punt was 60 yards. Now, it should be longer than that. 60 yards is still pretty good because it's indoors. Of course, he's, you know, our, our kicker and Punter, I, I don't have anything ever to say bad about him. Defense, Devon Diablo, led with eight total tackles. Robert Spillane, 
led with six solo tackles. Max Crosby had the only Raiders sack. Um, five different players had um, one tackle for a loss. Nate Hobbs led with two passes defended, and Max Crosby also led had uh, led with two quarterback hits. Team stats. First downs, you know, from passing, from rushing, from penalties. Third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency, total plays, total yards, total drives, yards per play, passing, which will include the completions and attempts, yards per pass, interceptions thrown, sacks, how many yards lost of sack, uh, through the sacks, and rushing, Carries with the rushing, of course, um, yards per rush, red zone, penalties, and the penalty yards, turnovers, and time of possession. That started with the Steelers. 17 first downs, 10 by passing, 5 by rushing, and 2 by penalties. They were 6 for 15 in third down efficiency. 0 for 0. Fourth down efficiency, 60 total plays, 333 total yards, 13 total drives, 5.6 yards per play. 228 passing yards, 16 for 28, 79 was the yards per pass, zero interceptions thrown. They were sacked once for the loss of seven yards. They had 105 rushing total yards, 31 carries. 3.4 yards per rush. One for one in the red zone. Zero turnovers. They were penalized six times for a loss of 45 yards. Their time of possession was 30 minutes and three seconds. Over to the Raiders. 19 total first downs. 12 by passing, four by rushing, and three by penalties. They were four for 13 of third down efficiency. One for two with fourth down efficiency. 67 total plays, two, 362 total yards, 12 drives, 5.4 yards per play. 300 or 293 passing total yards, 28 for 44, 6.1 yards per pass. Three interceptions thrown. But it was Carr's fault. Four sacks for 31 yards. Rushing, 69 rushing yards. 19 carries, 3.6 average, or yards per rush. One for two in red zone. Seven penalties for a loss of 60 yards. Turnovers, well, three interceptions. So, And time of possession was 29 minutes and 57 seconds. Want to hear some interesting uh, other stats? Three games combined, three games total. 20 fucking missed tackles for our defense. Garbage. Red zone, they're four for eight, which is 50%. Offensive, uh, offensive rank is 21 because they don't get enough chances because offense sucks. And the defensive rank is uh, 27th because our defense sucks. So that, that, that destroys that bend but don't break because they break. Fourth down 
On fourth downs, they're two for three on offense, which is 66.7%. Offensive rank eighth, but defensive rank 26. Third downs, 12 for 31, which is 38.7%, which is offensive ranking is about 17. So we're pretty much, you know, like, Close to, but a little bit better than what Kent Derek Carr has done for us. So there are some improvements from Carr to now. Offensive rank 17th, but the defensive rank is 26. Garbage. So after three, also after three games, besides the 20 missed tackles by our defense, which is finally getting blamed. 23 blitzes, five hurries, five quarterback knockdowns, five sacks, and 15 pressures. Garbage. Next game is October 1st, which is Sunday. In L.A., the Fasted Powder Puffs. Raiders are 1-2, one 1-1 and two. One and one away. 1-1 one one, or 1-0 in division. Chargers are also 1-2. Zero for one at home. First divisional game of the season. Raiders are 68-57-2 all time against the Powder Puffs. Raiders are 34-29-1 on the road against the Powder Puffs. And they're on a two-game losing streak there. Um... Chargers are predicted by the prediction winner thingy. 74.6% to win this game. You know what? I think I'm hoping <laughs> that the Raiders have a, a, a bounce back and they win and go 2-2. Two and two. A 2-2 two and two sounds better than 1-3 and three any day. So I do have them winning this game. Hopefully they don't let me down again, as they seem to like to do. Um, but, you know, I mean, people still make excuses. People still, you know, bring up Carr like he was the only fucking reason why we fucking are sucky. Um, meanwhile, Carr's not here, and we're, he's still being blamed a lot of things and still being brought up. I think a lot of people just have a fucking crush on him. You know, if you want, I can call Carr for you up and say, hey, Carr. Put on that makeup that you like to wear and come down to some Raider game and maybe some of these jabronis will like to suck you off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Definitely the blame is not on Carr. Because <laughs> he's not here and we still suck. All I do know, we, we scored a lot more points in the first three games last year than we did so far this year. Terrible garbage is what it is. Um, and supposedly Jimmy G was rumored to be concussed. Watching tape, and I'd never seen where he was concussed. I, I think it was a fake injury. Um, you know, just to help the excuses, my conspiracy theory right there. Um, but. Uh, uh, I guess he's okay to play and questionable now or whatever. He's he's questionable because he's garbage. Max Crosby, um, 
was limited practice on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, did not practice. I don't know what it'll be Friday. If it's if there's no Crosby, I'm gonna change my pick to Chargers are gonna win this game because <laughs> he's our own defense. <laughs> Just <laughs> our DTs suck. Our linebacking core has been the only bright spot besides Max Crosby. He needs to step it up to be that true leader. And that's the thing. I don't think we have a true leader on the field. Marcus Peters is not it. I mean, in that game against Pittsburgh, he had chances to steal it with a pick six. Our defense should have won it. Poor defensive fucking play goal. Oh, and that, that reminds me. Patrick Graham, you're garbage. Not as a human being. I'm not. I'm, when I say people are garbage, this is not. I'm not digging at people's personals. I'm going on what I see on the field. For a guy that went to these Yales or Harvards, whatever fucking Ivy Ivy League college that he went to or graduated from, this guy does not know how to run a defense. And the whole time in the off season was. He's going to be in the senior bowl. He's going to have first hands and first look on all these players. For the seventh round pick, or for the first round pick, the seventh pick overall, the Raiders select Carter, Carter, Carter. Not Carter. What the fuck? <laughs> they selected the guy who needs time to gel, needs time to get in shape, needs time to fix his ankle. So we we drafted a fucking broken bitch. What are we doing? We drafted, <laughs> we drafted May, Michael Mayer, who, <laughs> Comes from Notre Dame. <laughs> I've seen him in collegiate. Granted, you, you know, college ball and pro ball is two different things. What? Three fucking looks. Two completions. One for a two-point conversion. And I'm hearing people, I don't know why we drafted him. Well, because we needed tight ends. It's not his fault he's not being used right. It's that dummy McDumplings. For an organization, for a team that focuses on the short passes, right? That That's what the Raiders are now. And slots. Our tight end's only been looked at, what, total five times? Five, six times? What? The fuck? Garbage. Garbage. It's, it's it's all I can come up with with that. We're not using what we drafted. Just like last year, a couple of guys sat out because, you know, for whatever reason. And now you're hearing of these... <laughs> the, the fucking bullshit going on with fucking Chandler. This dude fucking 
Wong's in a loony bin. <laughs> it just, it's just, <laughs> listen, the problem starts at top. Shit runs downhill. I've been saying it for the longest time. The NFL will have mercy on the Raiders again when the bloodline of Davises are no longer part of the Raiders. See, I'm not afraid of a change like some people like to claim people are. I'm not one of them. I didn't care Carr got fucking, was dealt, you know, was gone. I don't care. I just, if you're going to get rid of somebody, you're supposed to bring in somebody that can do better. And Jimmy G is not better than Carr. I know a lot of people like to are so hung up on these quarterback records. The wins and loss records. It's like the pitching records. Pitchers, MLB doesn't even focus on wins and losses as far as individual stats anymore. Because it's a team fucking sport. Pitchers who are having, they go by ERA. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, wins and loss record does not matter. It's a team effort. It's a team record. You know what I mean? It, it's, Where's this leadership? Where's all this shit? Now, granted, and I'm going to personally say this. No, it is not time to panic. It's only three games. It's only been three games. And hopefully Jimmy G can get going. Hopefully all these key opponents can get going. And hopefully we turn this around. And it does start this Sunday. Because a win will be better, of course. One in three start. Now he's starting to get a little, oh, shit. Is it, is it then time to panic? Not really. But close to it. Because I want McDumplings to succeed as the head coach. I want Jimmy G to succeed as the Raider quarterback. I want everybody on the team and in an organization to succeed. I don't want to hear tanking. I don't want to see tanking. I don't want to see losing. I want to see winning. So as much as I like to talk shit, I am sitting back. And and, and that's why I'm starting to do more shows, more so on a Friday than a Monday because of I get to t- see time to watch videos and 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 really dig into the stats and really get in to see the numbers and and pretty much calm down <laughs> from blasting fucking players <laughs> like I did last year. Because all I want is the victory, just like everybody else. Everybody else who, who 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 is optimistic, you want the same thing as I want. Who isn't optimistic? 
are so much optimistic. I'm 50-50. We all want a victory. We all want the Raiders to be great. Even though I have a different opinion of what makes us great or what will make us great again from you. I do believe that Marky Mark needs to sell the team. I believe that McDumplings isn't the head coach. He is a good offensive coordinator. Now, another correction that I keep hearing people say, well, he has six six Super Bowl win, uh, 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 you know, titles as a coordinator. Correction. No, he doesn't. He became an offensive coordinator in 2006. Before 2006, he was a defensive assistant, which later became a quarterback coach. He was never an offensive coordinator until 2006. But he's been part of the organization, so he does have six titles, but not as a coordinator. Just just a little correction there for people. I just don't think they're good enough. I, I don't. I don't think we got a good coaching staff as far as coordinators. Or, you know, from head coach, defensive coordinator. I don't know who the fuck are offensive coordinators. I don't even know what the – is he really an offensive coordinator? Because I don't see him calling the plays. I do believe we have a good offensive line coach. I do believe we have a good defensive line coach that, of course, he's in his first year in this system. But I hope I'm proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong. I want all of them to prove me wrong. That's all. That's all. That's, that's really it. So, episode 101, it will be either this Monday or Friday. Reminder, no Black Saturday or play-by-play for Sunday as uh, Raider Ben and a bunch of everyone else is going to be at the uh, L.A. for the Chargers and Raider game. So, on that episode, I will cover well, the Irish versus Duke. My prediction, Irish to win. Yankees, final three-game set versus the Royals, final three games of the season. I got the Yankees win that. Of course, the Raiders versus the Powder Puffs. Predict the Raiders to win. Also, if I do a Monday show, then I'll go over the games. And if not, then you know I'll go over the games eventually, but then I will talk about who we face next, Raiders and Irish, who they face next after that. And, um, you know, and then whatever else I want to talk about, right? So until then, and as always, Salute Nation.